Section 44 of Old Rail Fence Corners. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Greg Giordano. Old Rail Fence Corners. Edited by Lucy Leavenworth Wilder Morris. Section 44. Ex-Governor Samuel R. Van Sant. 1857. My father, with his family, moved to Illinois in 1837, coming on the adventure on the Ohio and Mississippi rivers. Like most of the early pioneers, he was poor and had to work. Tickets were sold at a less price if the passenger would help to wood the boat. My father took advantage of this proposition. On board as a passenger was the old Indian chief Black Hawk. He was much interested in my little sister, and gave her a very fine string of beads. The beads, or a part of them, are still in our family. My father took up a claim near Rock Island on the banks of the Rock River. While there, the family suffered all the privations of early settlers in a new country. Farming was new to him, and he did not make a great success of it. He was a shipbuilder by trade. Once he took a load of pumpkins to town, some twelve or fourteen miles, getting fifty cents for them. On his return, he broke his wagon, costing a dollar to repair it. He often said he never felt so poor in all his life although he lived to be ninety-two years of age. On another occasion, we were out of provisions. He made a trip to the old water mill, a few miles distant, to get fifty cents worth of cornmeal, but the proprietor would not trust him so he had to return home to get a half a dollar that had been laid by for a rainy day. He was thus forced to make another trip to secure the purchase. By this time we children were good and hungry. On another occasion, after killing his hogs, he drove with them one hundred miles to the lead mines at Galena, but the market was overstocked, so he proceeded to Platteville, Wisconsin, twenty or more miles further, where he sold the pork for two and one-half cents per pound, taking one half in store pay and the other half in a note. The note is still unpaid. It required a week or more to make the trip. I have always had a great fondness for the Mississippi River. I was born on its banks, and for more than forty years navigated its waters. My first dollar was spent to buy a small skiff. As soon as I was old enough, I commenced running on the river. My first trip to St. Paul was in 1857. I was a boy of thirteen. What progress since that time in our state! The steamboat was a mighty factor in the settlement growth and development of Minnesota. I feel safe in saying that during the palmy days of steamboating, more than one thousand different steamers brought immigrants, their household goods, and stock to this commonwealth. While there were regular lines of steamers, there were also many outside boats which were termed wild boats. These boats would often secure a full cargo on the Ohio River, or at St. Louis, and come to St. Paul. If water was at a good stage, large profits would result. A story is told of the steamer Fire Canoe. I will not mention the captain's name, 
the water was low and the boat got aground a good many times causing much delay for a meal or two the passengers were without meat but soon there seemed to be a plentiful supply of nice fresh veal one of the passengers who with his family and stock of young calves was moving to minnesota complimented the captain highly upon securing such fine meat but after going to the lower deck and finding some of his fine young stock missing hunted up the captain and said captain if it is all the same to you i would prefer to dispense with meat for the rest of the trip for i will need that young stock when i reach my claim there was always great strife to be the first boat to arrive at st paul and many risks were taken by steamers to get through lake pepin before the ice had really left the lake many steamers were crushed by the ice in so doing one advantage to the first boat was free wharfage the balance of the season in every town and city along the river two steamers hardly ever came in sight of each other without a race we owned and operated a good many boats we had a fast one named the macdonald i remember on one occasion my partner mr musser a well-known lumberman of muscatane and wife were making a trip with us we had a very spirited race with another swift boat after a long hard chase we passed her but we had to trim boat and carry big steam to do it after it was over mr musser said to me if i were you i would not race any more it is expensive dangerous and hard on the boat i agreed that he was right and that we would not do so again we had not been in our berths long before another boat was overtaken and a race was on mr musser arose forgot his advice of a few hours previous and said pass that boat and i will pay for the extra fuel the boat was passed but no bill was presented for the extra fuel end of section forty four recording by greg giordano newport ritchie florida